Okay, praise God. Amen. We want to get right into our study time tonight. Amen. This is the last lesson on this month, talking about a better revelation. Talk about a better revelation. And Paul, writing to Timothy in 1 Timothy 3.16, says, And without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifested in the flesh, justified in the spirit, seen of angels, preached unto the Gentiles, believed on in the world, and was received back into glory. And so we want to have a clear understanding of this revelation of Jesus Christ and who he is. And the way we find that is we search the scriptures. We have to get into the word of God. We have to uh, study the word of God so that we can obtain this revelation. And the first week we was asked in a question, is Jesus in the Godhead or is the Godhead in Jesus? And we know that the Godhead is in Jesus. The Bible tells us in him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily, and we are complete in him, which is the head of all principalities and powers. And then we talked about the mystery, understanding the mystery. Amen. We have to search the scriptures. We have to get into the word of God to be able to understand the word of God so that we can clearly see what God is trying to show us. There's things that are hidden in the Word of God that if we do not search it out, we're not going to know. Amen. We can be led astray easily if we do not, amen, understand what is written in the Word of God. Everything flows in a Christian's life from that understanding that we have a clear understanding of who Jesus Christ truly was. He was 100% God, and he was 100% man. Last week, we, we said that the name Jesus means what? Jehovah is salvation. As the Lord told uh, Moses, your fathers Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob only knew me as God Almighty, but my, my name Jehovah, I was not long known to them. And so we have to search the scriptures. We've got to get into it. Amen. There's so much in the Word of God. The Bible lets us know, Peter right into the church, he said, knowing this first, that no prophecy of the Scripture is of any private interpretation, but that holy men of God spake as they was moved by the Holy Ghost. So your Bible that you have is the inspired and fallible Word of God. You have to believe it. Amen. You have to trust it. Amen. The Bible lets us know in Romans ten seventeen that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Amen. And so we want to make sure that we study so that we can have the enlightenment of the word of God. So this revelation will be better understood by us all. Amen. So tonight... We want to pick up again tonight. We want to talk about the three things uh, that are mentioned here to help us in this revelation of Jesus Christ. Amen. And we look at 2 Corinthians 4, verse 3 through 6. Paul writing to the church, he says, Lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. For well, we preach not ourselves, but Christ Jesus, the Lord, and ourselves, your servants, for Christ's sakes. 
For God who commanded the light to shine out of darkness have shined in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. Amen. So the three things that Paul make mention here that will bring revelation. Number one is light. Number two is image. And number three is knowledge. Light, image, and knowledge. Amen. When we begin to look at these things, amen, the Bible tells us in Psalms 119, verse 105, amen, thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my pathway. Amen, Psalms 119, 105, amen, it says thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my pathway. And we know in John 1 and 1, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. Amen. So when we understand that the Word was made flesh and dwelt amongst us, then we can understand who gives us light. Amen. In the beginning, God said, let there be light, and there was light, and God divided the light from the darkness. Amen. And John eight twelve, Jesus says, He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have what? The light of life. Amen. And John 1, verse 3, he says, And him was life, and the life was the light of men. Amen. And then he goes on, he talks about John the Baptist came to bear witness of the light. Amen. John came to bear witness of Jesus Christ, which was the light. And so light will bring understanding. It will open your, your abilities to be able to see. Amen. When you look into the Word of God, amen, it begins to open your eyes. There's things in the Word of God that you and I did not even probably knew existed until we start reading the Word of God. You know, some people have no clue what is in the Word of God. The Word of God, as we know, Bible, basic instructions before leaving the earth. They're basic. It's not hard. People try to make the Bible hard. The Bible is just a book of virtue and character to teach you how to live right, to do right, to be right, and to serve God right. Amen. It's designed to edify you and to build you, to carry you, to be with the Lord forever and ever. Jesus says, I am come that you might have life and that more abundantly. Amen. Paul says to the church, amen, in, in Corinthians, in 2 Corinthians 4, he says, if this gospel be hid, is hid to them who are is lost. And whom the God of this world, talking about Satan, has blinded the minds of them that believe not, lest the glorious gospel of Jesus would be revealed to them. We know the gospel is what? The death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. So when we say gospel, we're talking about Jesus Christ. Amen. He, he died for our sins. He was buried. And he rose again the third day. So when you have the gospel in your life, the light is supposed to go on. Amen. If you say, I'm a Christian and Christ is in me, then the light should be bulb, should be burning. 
Jesus says in Matthew 5, you are the light of the world. You are a city that is set on a hill that cannot be hidden. Amen. Amen. And I think I may have shared this story with you back in the 1963, I think it was 63, 64, somewhere in there, when John Glenn first orbited the earth. And as he was getting ready to go, down underneath the bottom of the world is a country called what? Australia. Amen. And so the thing they began to ask the question was, well, would he be able to see us when he passed underneath the earth? If he's going to orbit the earth, will he be able to see as he goes around? So they made a decision that at the time the capsule would be passing by, that they would turn on all these lights in this city of Perth, Australia. And so when they got the word that, that he should be approaching, they turned on all these lights, and then NASA asked him, do you see the lights? And he came back and said, yes, I see the lights. Amen. So today, Perth, Australia is known as the city of lights. Amen. Amen. And so when we say that Jesus is in us, people should be able to see him in us because we have the light in us. And this is what John has said in 1 John 1, verse 5 through verse 10. He says, this is the message that we have heard of him and declare it unto you, that God is what? Light, and in him is no darkness at all. See, if we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. See, because God is light. So if you say Christ is in me, then you should not be walking in darkness. See, you must now reflect him to a lost and dying world. In Ephesians 5, verse 8, Ephesians, you got your Bibles, go there. Ephesians 5, Paul says, for you were sometime what? You were in darkness. See? You were in darkness, but now are ye what? Light in the Lord. So walk as children of darkness. No? That's not what it says? It says, walk as children of light. In other words, now reflect Jesus Christ. Now, if you go to 1 Corinthians 6, amen, verse 9 through 12, Paul says, Know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God? Be not deceived, nor the fornicators, nor adulterers, nor, adulterers, nor effeminates, nor abusers themselves with mankind, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor what? drunkards uh, shall inherit the kingdom of God. Amen. Verse 10. And such were some of you. But what happened? Now you're washed. You're sanctified. You are justified. That word justified means just like you never did any of that thing, entered that before. Just if you never did it before. You are justified. Why? How? In the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of our God. See, 
That's what you used to be. But now Christ is in you, the hope of glory. And so now we are to walk in the light, walk as children of light. Our lives now must reflect Jesus Christ because he's in us. See? And if he's light, then the light has got to come through. The light has got to be revealed. Amen. Your life should be reflecting Christ to a lost and dying world. You are now the light of Jesus Christ in this earth. See? So the light has got to come on. You got to start seeing things when you read the Word of God. You you want to get in the habit of praying before you read the Word of God. When you're doing your devotions and your study time, you want to begin with prayer. And one of the things you want to do is you want to ask God to enlighten you. God, give me clear understanding of what I am reading. You remember in Acts 8 when Philip, the Spirit drew Philip to go to the eunuch that was in the church of Candace the Queen. And he was reading in the book of Isaiah chapter 53, he's led as a lamb, a sheep to the slaughter, and as a lamb dumb before his shears, so opening not his mouth. Well, when Philip drew to the chariot, the first thing Philip asked him was, do you understand what you're reading? And he says, how can I accept some man should guide me? And so he asked Philip to come up in the chariot with him. Philip came up into the chariot with him. And the place he was reading was Isaiah 53. Amen. He's led as a lamb to the slaughter and a sheep dumb before his shear so open out his mouth. And his humiliation, his judgment, his uh, government is taken away from him. And who should declare his glory? And so the eunuch said to Philip, who is he talking about? Is he talking about himself or is he talking about somebody else? And Philip started that same scripture and preached unto him and taught him Jesus Christ. See, he said this scripture is about Jesus Christ. And as a result, as they went on their way in the chariot, the Bible says they came to some water. And the eunuch says to Philip, hey, here's water. What that hindered me to be baptized? And he says, thou can, if thou can believe. He says, I believe that Jesus is the Son of God. They commanded the chariot to stop. They went down in the water, and he baptized them. The light came on. See? When you start seeing things clearly, you begin to see who you are. You begin to see where you are in Christ. And as a result, the light comes on. I can come in this church at night sometimes, and it's dark in here, you know. But as soon as I get in the door and I hit the light switch, then I can start seeing. And that's the way it is. You know, when we first come to God, we're not going to see everything clearly, you see. But as you continue to walk, as you continue to explore the Word of God, the Word of God will begin to show you and open up to you what is truth. And what is error. Amen. So the light will come on. In 1 Corinthians chapter 10. Let's get a little bit of exposure here. 1 Corinthians chapter 10. Verse 1 through verse 4. Paul says. Moreover brethren. I would not that you should be what? 
ignorant. In other words, I don't want you not to have an understanding how that all our fathers was under the cloud and all passed through the sea and were all baptized unto Moses in the cloud and in the sea. And they did all eat the same spiritual meat and they did all eat this, drink the same spiritual drink. For they drink of that rock that followed them, and that rock was Christ. Okay? Now notice what Paul is trying to get them to understand here. He says, your forefathers, amen, when they came out of Egypt, they was in bondage. So when they came out of Egypt, he says, they all had the same spiritual meat, and they all had the same spiritual drink. Amen? And they had the cloud over their heads, and they was baptized in the cloud and the sea. The cloud represents the spirit, and the water of the Red Sea represents regular water. Amen? This is why Jesus says you must be born again of the water and of the spirit. Amen? They had to pass through the water and the spirit to get to the promised land. You have to go through the water and the Spirit to get to the promised land. Jesus told Nicodemus, you must be born again of the water and of the Spirit. Egypt represents the world. So when they came out, amen, they had to pass through in order to get in. When God brings us out of the world, we've got to pass through the water and the Spirit to get in. Because if any man has not the Spirit of Christ, He's none of his. And if we've not been baptized, we're none of his. Okay? So we got to understand where he's trying to take us. Now notice he said they all had the same spiritual meat. They all ate the same thing. They all ate manna. They all ate quail. Okay? That was the meat. They had bread and they had meat. Nobody has anything different. <laughs> you know, that's what God provided for them. As Christians, we're supposed to be eating the same thing. See? And that's key, you know, that we do what God has given us. This is my body, which is broken for you. You know, we've got to commune with him. We've got to stay in the word of God. We've got to... Eat the Word of God. We've got to be a part of the Word of God. We've got to live the Word of God. Amen. So they all had the same spiritual meat, and they all drank the same spiritual drink. Notice, Moses spoke to the rock. The rock gave water. Moses smoked the rock when he shouldn't have. It still gave water. Amen. So they all had the same spiritual drink, natural water and living water. Amen. And notice what he says. That rock that followed them was who? It was Christ. What was Jesus doing way back there? Amen. He was Christ. Amen. He was that living water. Amen. That you drink and you never, never, never thirst again. Amen. Look at First, Second Samuel chapter 22. Verse 32. 2 Samuel chapter 22, verse 32. David writes, says, Who is God? Save the Lord. 
and who is the rock, save our God. Notice, who is God but the Lord? And who is the rock, save God? See? And that rock that followed them was Christ. Jehovah is salvation. Amen. God was there. It was God that provided the water. It was God that provided the quail. Amen. Now in the New Testament, we just know him as Jesus Christ, his name. Amen. Now notice Psalms chapter 18, verse 31. David asked this same question in the Psalms again, who is right at verse 31, 1831. For who is God save the Lord? Or who is a rock save our God? And Isaiah 43, verse 10 through 11, the Lord says, You are my witnesses, saith the Lord, and my servants whom I have chosen, that you may know and believe me and understand that I am he. Before me there was no God formed, and neither shall there be after me. I, even I am the Lord, and beside me there is no Savior. Amen. In Acts 4.12, Paul, I mean, Peter telling the church, he said, the people, he says, neither is there salvation in any other. For there is none other name under heaven given unto men whereby we must be saved. The name of Jesus Christ is the only name that we can be saved by. No other name. Because Jesus means Jehovah is salvation. See? So the light should be coming on about right now. (laughs) Amen. So... He is the Lord. Amen. See, the thing is about baptism and of the Spirit and the water. See, I can put you in water all day long. But until you have the Spirit, you're none of His. See? You just got wet. That's why when you come up, Paul says what? We are to walk in newness of life. See, my life now must be transformed into his image. It's just like a pickle, okay? I can run a pickle in the water all day long. It is a cucumber, rather. I can run a cucumber in the water all day long. It's going to still be a cucumber. But if I put it in a jar in vinegar and shut the lead, pretty soon it's going to change and become a pickle, Okay? It's the same way in the Spirit. I can get baptized, but until I'm immersed in the oil of the water of the Spirit, I'm just going to be wet. See? But once I get into the Word of God, and God fills me with this Spirit, and I walk in the Spirit, and not in the flesh, I'm going to become what He wants me to be. Like Him. His image. Amen. I'm going to start reflecting Him. That's why when you look at Acts 4.13, the Bible says they took notice of them that they had been with Christ. They realized something was totally different about them. They had been with Jesus. 
If you've been with Jesus, your image is supposed to change. You're not supposed to be the same old person. This is why holiness is so key and essential, both inward and outward. What's in should be out. If Christ is in, Christ should be out. Be holy, for I am holy. Amen. Separate it, set apart, being the best that you can be in everything you do and say. Amen. It is a reflection, amen, of him to a lost and dying world. Jesus said, you call me master and Lord, and you say, well, for so I am. Amen. I am the master, and I am the Lord. Praise God. And so, therefore, we should be reflecting him in light. Amen. We should be shining bright unto the coming of the day. We should reflect him in everything. People should be able to look at you and say, there's something different about you. What is it I see in you? When Moses came down off the rock after 40 days, they couldn't even look at his face. He was shining so bright. If you've been with the Lord 40 days, man, you should be bright as all get out. You should be just beaming, gleaming. Say, because why? You're reflecting him. Amen. What's in is going to show. The Lord told Moses, tell the children of Israel in Leviticus 6.13, to never let the fire, what, go out of the altar. Amen. The fire has always got to be burning in you. So the way to make it burn is you've got to stay in the book. Amen. You've got to keep putting another log on the fire. Amen. You've got to keep getting to keep it burning. Amen. Most people don't have a problem in Wisconsin keeping the fire burning in the wintertime, do they? <laughs> you know, your fire go out around here, I guarantee you be calling somebody real quick. You know, whether you got wood or not, amen. They be, you be calling somebody saying, the fire is out, I need some help. Well, you want your fire to be burning continually in the Lord. You want your light to be shining. You are a city that is set on a hill that cannot be hidden. Amen. Praise God. Jesus goes on and tells us in Matthew 7. Go to Matthew 7, verse 13 through verse 15. He says, Enter you in that straight gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the way that lead to destruction, and many there be which go in thereat. Amen. Because straight is the gate, and narrow is the way that lead to light, and few there be which find it. Amen. So you want to make sure that you're going through the right gate. You know, you ever been to a concert and you get to the wrong gate? I, when I was in the world one time, you know, have you ever gone to the place and you're at the wrong door? <laughs> you have to go to another door. You felt like a fool when you got there, right? <laughs> Amen. Well, it's the same way. We know that this thing is straight, and it is narrow. So therefore, we have got to walk according to the light. It's going to show us the way. See, what, Jesus, what does Philip and, and, and John, uh, Thomas say to Jesus in John 14? Philip, Thomas says, Lord, we don't know where you're going, and how can we know the way? And Jesus says to him, I am the way. I am the truth 
and I am the life. No man can come to the Father but by me. If you had known me, you should have known my Father also, and from henceforth you know him and have seen him. Philip says to him, Lord, show us the Father, and it suffices us. And Jesus says, Philip, come on. Have I been so long time with you, and have you not known me, Philip? He that has seen me have seen the Father. And how say thou, show us the Father? Amen. The light has got to come on. Amen. And this light must be in us so that we reflect him in all that we do. Amen. So the light, amen. So the light will bring us revelation as to who Jesus Christ truly is. Amen. Number two, image. Image will bring revelation to the truth. Physical likeness. Physical likeness will bring us revelation as to who Jesus Christ truly is. And we're looking for transformation. You know, when I was stationed in the military and I was stationed overseas, you know, in uh, Germany, the, the current is 220 volts. That's some pretty powerful stuff. And a lot of Americans, you know, they pack up their household goods and they send them overseas and they get them there and they don't realize you're not thinking about the the uh, the current is so much higher than the 110 that we have here in America. And so the first thing they do is they get their toaster and their televisions or whatever, and they plug it in the wall. And next thing you know, pow! Blown, no good, through, badasta, finito, done with. There is no more toaster. You might as well go to the store and buy another because that one is fried. It is absolutely gone. So what you they tell you when you get there is to go buy yourself some transformers. The transformers reduce the current from the high current down to where what your appliance will be able to use. And they cost about $110, $120 a piece. They're not cheap. You know, so when somebody is PCSing back to America, man, that's the thing you're looking for is transformers. Because <laughs> you, you usually buy somebody that's leaving for about 30 or 40 bucks, you know. So that's what you're looking for. I used to have a whole bunch of them. Guys, guys sold me a whole bunch of them one time for like nothing almost. And I used every one of them when we was in Germany, you know. And so, so this is what Paul is trying to say in Romans 12. He says, in verse 1 and 2, he says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Amen. You have to start thinking differently once you come into the revelation of the knowledge of Christ. You cannot continue to operate the same way. Paul says in 2 Corinthians 5.17, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, 
He's a new creature. Old things are passed away, and behold, all things become new. He goes on to the church at Philippi in the second chapter, verse 5. He said, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God. Amen. And so, therefore, we want to reflect him now. We must be the image of Jesus Christ. Notice what Jesus says in Matthew 7, verse 16 through verse 20. Matthew chapter 7, verse 16 through verse 20. You shall know them. Why? Notice. You will know them by their fruits. Do men gather grapes of thorns or figs of thistles? Even so, every good tree bringeth forth good fruit, but a corrupt tree bringeth forth evil fruit. A good tree cannot bring forth evil fruit, and neither can a corrupt tree bring forth good fruit. So if you've got evil in your heart, you're not going to produce good fruit. See? The tree is going to produce what it is. If you say you're a Christian, you're going to produce what you say you are. If not, you're wrong. See? You have to be what you say you are, the image. If I say I'm a Christian, then my life has to reflect Christ. See, the fruit of the Spirit. See, that's why Jesus said you will know them by their what? By their fruit. So you have to ask yourself, amen, do I continually display peace in my life? Am I always in turmoil? Am I always up and down? Or is there peace? See? Isaiah says in 26.3, He will keep you what? In perfect peace, whose mind is stayed upon Him. See? If Christ is in me, then I should have peace in my life. I should be no turmoil, ups and downs, tipsy-turbies. See? I should have love. Love should be displayed. My love for God should be displayed to the whole world. Every time somebody see you, if you say you're a Christian, they should know how much you love God. They should love him with all your heart, your mind, your soul, and your strength. See? God should be number uno, number one in your life. So your love should be reflected of his love for him. Amen. And your neighbor as yourself. Jesus says, on these two commandments hangs all the law in the prophets. See? So we should be reflecting love. Paul says, he writes the whole chapter in 1 Corinthians 13. Love did not behave itself unseemly, does not think evil, you know, rejoice not in iniquity, but it rejoices in the truth. You know, he goes on and talk about love. Isn't it amazing? Amen. Next, this, this coming month, next month, everybody will spend all these billions of dollars trying to display love. Well, if grace ain't there, you can buy all the candy and chocolate you want. It ain't going to do any difference. See? If he's not in you, you can buy a million dollars worth of candy, flowers. It ain't going to do any good. Love is God. God is love. First John 4, 8. 
and John says, and James says that we fulfill the royal law in James chapter 2, verse 8. He says, when we fulfill the royal law according to scripture, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself, you do well. But if you have respect to persons, then you are convinced that you are a transgressor of the law. Because the law says you got to love. See? So I must display in my life the love of God. I, I should display joy. My joy should always be there if Christ is there. See? I, I, I get, the devil can't steal your joy, <laughs> as the song says, you know? You know, joy is not happiness. Happiness is based on circumstances and, and things, you know? Joy is always Christ in you. See? You should have that inward joy. And that inward joy should reflect your outward joy. You should have a smile on your face of sincerity and honesty that flows right back to your love for God. Weeping may do it for a night, but joy again in the morning. See, it, it's, it's going to come. If compassion, Lamentations 3.22, if compassion is renewed every morning and joy is renewed every morning, guess what? Everything else is renewed every morning. See, so you should have love, you should have joy, you should have kindness should be in you. Gentleness should be displayed in you. Faith should be shown in you. You know, think about it. Humility should be displayed in you. And self-control. These things should be displayed in you constantly if he's in you. See? Because greater is he that's in you than he that is in the world. If you have Christ in you, the things that he is, has got to be in you. He don't give you half. That's why the writer of Hebrews 6 verse 9 said, Beloved, I am persuaded of better things of you, things that accompany salvation, though we not speak. See? So the things that come with your salvation, the love, the joy, the peace, the long-suffering, the goodness, the faith, the meekness, the temperance, the, what we call the fruit of the Spirit or the character of God, came with your salvation. See? You just got to let it shine. You just got to let it be. You just got to realize who you are. You let the light come on. See, we have to reflect that image of him. A corrupt tree is not going to give a good fruit. See? You're not going to get grapes off of a fig tree. <laughs> You're not going to get blueberries off, off of a blueberry bush. <laughs> a, a fruit tree is going to bury its kind. And so if I say I'm Jesus Christ, Christ is kid, and I've got to reflect my dad. Okay. So the image is what you want to reflect. And when you reflect the image, the revelation will be there. And then what are you doing? You're moving to perfection. Okay. That's why Jesus says in Matthew 5, 48, Be perfect 
even as your Father in heaven is perfect. See, that perfection, completeness, is what you're trying to get to. You want your life to be completed in him. I think Paul puts it that way, right? In Colossians 2, he says, and we are complete in him, which is the head of all principalities and powers. See, we're complete in Jesus. And so this is what he's trying to get us to see in this revelation. Once he brings that to us, who do they say I am the son of man am? See, who do you say that I am? Well, if I know who he is, then it's time for me to start reflecting who he is in my life. No murmuring, no bickering, no complaining, no gossip, all this stuff, you know. We got to be like him. Amen. So the image of him, once we realize that image, that personal image, it will begin to reflect to others that, yes, we are who we say that we are. Amen. The third thing that will help us to reflect his image is knowledge. Hosea 4, 6 says, my people is destroyed for a lack of knowledge. See, my people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. Is that, no, 6, 4 maybe. Yeah, no, that's right, 4, 6, 4, 6. Yeah, my people is destroyed for a lack of knowledge. See, so we got to know. We have to know. Amen. We have to follow on. To know. See, knowledge is power. See, once you have the knowledge of Christ, you now have to realize that the value of displaying that knowledge in your life. See, you should know who you are in him so that that knowledge will bring you through and carry you forth to where God is trying to carry you. John says, amen, in 1 John 1, verse, verse 6, he says, If we say that we have fellowship with him see, and walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. See, if I say I know him, but yet don't live like him, then I'm a liar. See, because I am now to reflect him. You are my witnesses, saith the Lord, and my servants whom I have chosen. Jesus says in John fifteen sixteen, you didn't choose me. I chose you and I ordained you. For what purpose? That you should bring forth fruit. See, he chose us. We didn't choose him. He chose us. See? And so, therefore, when he chooses us, we are to reflect him. You know? It's the same way a soldier, sailor, airman, marine, if they go to the military, they get chosen by the military. You know? So when they get chosen, they don't do whatever they want to do. You know, they have to reflect the service that they're a part of. 
they have to know the rules and the regulations that governs that military service that they're a part of. They have to know who to salute. They have to know how to speak. They have to know how to dress. They have to know how to do their job. All these things. Well, it's no different than the church. When we come into the church, we have to know these things. And we learn these things by coming to church and studying the word of God and applying the word of God. As James says, be doers of the word and not hearers only. Why? Because we're trying to reflect who it is. See? And that's why the apostles was chosen by Jesus. He showed them. He taught them a lot of things. And he told them that they would be lights. They would turn their world upside down. He said, the works that I do shall you do also in greater. See? And so the image that is in us must reflect the knowledge that is in us. I can't reflect the image if I don't have the knowledge of the image. See? If I don't have the light, I can't reflect the image. See? The image is the real thing. Kind of like Abraham Lincoln said about character and reputation. He says, a tree is, character is like a tree and reputation is like the shadow of the tree. He said, the shadow is what you think of, but the tree is the real thing. Right? So it's the same way. You know, God's character in us should be the image that we're reflecting to a lost and dying world. The love, the joy, the peace, the long-suffering, the goodness, the gentleness, the faith, the meekness. All these things should be revealed in every person that said they're Christian. I don't care what denomination you're part of. If you say you are a Christian, anywhere in the world, it should reflect Jesus Christ. Because you are my witnesses. I chose you. You didn't choose me. I chose you. Yes. So we, we have to have this knowledge. Amen. Paul goes on and tells Titus and Titus chapter 1 verse 16. Titus chapter 1 verse 16. He says, they profess that they know God. But what? In works they deny him. Being abominable. We talked a little bit about that Sunday, right? The abominable snowman. And disobedient. And unto every good work reprobates. Useless. You know, he says they profess that they know. There's so many people that say they know Jesus, that say they're Christians. But what they do, their works, their lives, deny that he doesn't even exist in them. There's no image. God forbid. God forbid that people cannot tell that we are Christians when we are around them. If our attitudes or our actions does not is not seen, then we are missing something somewhere. Because Jesus says what? They're going to know you by your fruit. See? So you have to ask yourself. You have to look into the mirror and ask yourself, does my actions, does my speech, does my attitude, does my mannerisms, does it really reflect 
who I say that I am. Knowledge is power. Once I know, when I study the word of God, and the light bulb comes on, I realize. That's what Paul said in 1 Corinthians. Don't you know that you can't do these things and expect to go to heaven? He said, that's what you used to be. He said, but you're washed. But you're sanctified and you're justified in the name of the Lord. Yes, all things are expedient, but it doesn't edify you. It doesn't. In other words, it doesn't reflect Christ in my life. I'm not. I'm giving off the wrong signal. What does Paul goes on in 14th chapter of First Corinthians? He says. He says, if the trumpet gives the wrong sound, who's going to go to the battle? Say, if you're sending out the wrong signal of being a Christian. Ain't nobody going to believe you. You know, you, you can say all day long I'm a Christian. They ain't going to believe you if you're giving the wrong signals. See, there's character traits that you have to reflect for people to believe you. Your love, your joy, your peace, your long-suffering, your gentleness, your goodness, your faith, your meekness, your temperance. All these things. Paul says they profess to know God, but yet their works deny him. No, we don't want to do that. I want, if I say I know him, what I do, I want to reflect him. That's why Paul told the church at Colossus in the first chapter. He says, whatsoever you do in word or deed, you do all in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, giving thanks unto his name. See? So my life must reflect who he is. Don't deny him. In Acts 19, I'm getting there. I got two minutes. <laughs> got two more minutes. <laughs> Amen. Acts chapter 19, verse 13 through 15. There were certain of the vagabond Jews, Exodus, took upon themselves to call over them which had evil spirits the name of the Lord Jesus, saying, we adjure you by Jesus whom Paul preached. And there were seven sons of one Sceva, a Jew, a chief of the priests, which did so. Verse 15. And the evil spirits answered and said, Jesus I know, and Paul I know, but who are ye? In other words, I know Jesus. And I know Paul, but I don't think I know you. <laughs> and the evil sp- and the man in whom the evil spirit was, verse 16, leaped on them and overcame them and prevailed against them so that they fled out of the house naked and wounded. Notice, the evil spirit that was in that man jumped on them and beat them and tore their clothes off them. They had to run out of their naked. See, they just says, well, you know, we're going to use the name to cast them out. No relationship whatsoever. And what does that spirit say? Jesus I know and Paul I know, but who are you? See, so you, if you say you are, 
You better be. Okay? The knowledge will make a difference. Amen. In Proverbs 8, 14, it says, I am understanding. But, amen. I'm sound wisdom. I am understanding. I have strength. By me, kings rule and princes decree justice. By me, princes rule and nobles and all the judges of the earth. And I love them that love me. And they that seek me early shall find me. Amen. Seek ye the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. Amen. Praise God. You want to have the knowledge of God. Proverbs 9 verse 10. The knowledge of the holy is what? Understanding. See? When I have the knowledge of Jesus Christ, I will reflect Jesus Christ. When I have the knowledge of Jesus Christ, I will reflect the image. Amen. I will know who he is. Praise God. The mystery is, can be easily solved. The mystery can be easily revealed. The greatest mystery is to know Christ and who you are in him. Amen. And once you have that knowledge and information, it all flows from your understanding of who he is. And then you can understand what Paul meant when he told Timothy, and without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifested in the flesh, justified in the spirit, seen of angels, preached unto the Gentiles, believed on in the world, and received back up in the glory. Amen? Amen. Praise God. Oh, this has been good. Amen. Goodness gracious, great balls of fire.